Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the Microsoft Zune of podcasts. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. The worst of all possible AJ's cannot be with us today. He is dead. He died. He died. He died. Rest in peace. Um, Rip. And jo- <laughs> in lieu of flowers, um, please send cash to me or make an additional contribution to our Patreon at patreon.com slash worst of all. It's what he would have wanted. It, like if he died, though, that is what he would have wanted. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, what's, your, um, nice what's your Venmo? That we have that knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a guest with us, though. We do. Woo. Jennifer Albright is joining us from Have You Seen This? The podcast about movies that you probably haven't seen. Yeah, we talk about all kinds of weird shit. Uh, I just listened to your episode on Short Eyes. <gasps> nice. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, and and now it seems like you're continuing to go through this like canon of late 20th century plays adapted into movies because the episode Josh is on is going to be about talk radio. Yeah, we get on these weird little streaks. And if you're listening right now as well, you can actually go and listen to that episode because by the time you listen to this, it will already be out. So head over to haveyouseen.us. Haveyouseen.us. Have you se- and if you like what you hear, you can join us at patreon.com slash haveyouseenthis. And you can listen to the episode that I am also on where we talk about the movie It. That is not that movie, It. There are no clowns. No, it's much, much worse than that. It does have a golem, though, and Roddy McDowell, and a fake rabbi. All good things to have. That's right. So, um, we are here today to talk once again about Adventures in Odyssey. That's right, folks. Mm. This is yet another installment of Wit's Endless Summer. A sub-series of the worst of all possible worlds. And if you haven't listened to Adventures in Odyssey before, or listened to one of these Wits Endless Summer episodes before, you are in for a treat. And I'm putting that in air quotes. Yeah, this one we've we've let up a little bit. We're not going hard on any of the weird political stuff That's this true. time around. Although some of it still emerges, as we'll see. This time we're focusing a little bit more, and this was Josh's idea to like just have an episode about Eugene stuff. Because Eugene was your favorite character growing up, right, Josh? Ugh. Correct. Yeah, Eugene uh, is... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I, I've got a tongue of fire. Yeah, so was that a, <laughs> was that a sigh of uh, disgruntlement? How, what, what was that a sigh of exactly, John? Um, I started to get very fed up with Eugene the more I listened to the show. There's a lot of Eugene all at once. That was probably... <laughs> Maybe it's too much Eugene. But you know what? Usually the way that we inflict psychological damage on people on this show is by really like forcing them to listen to the really like bat shit out there episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas these episodes, I think are a bit more conventional. Like honestly, Mm -hmm. with the exception of a few different like lines here and there, and the fact that every episode ends with a Bible verse, you wouldn't even necessarily even know that this is a Christian show, I feel like. But then again, I grew up with it and so did Brian. So before we go into it beat by beat, Jen, I'm curious to hear like when you started listening to this, were you immediately like, oh wow, this is like a weird Christian thing or what what your I guess first thoughts were well there aren't really that many tells in the episodes that I listen to like I mentioned they wrap uh, like like you mentioned they wrap up each episode with a bible verse which you know that's the biggest tell of all but the show Mm -hmm. itself at least these episodes were so innocuous that they could pass for you know Disney Channel or Hallmark Channel type entertainment. I was waiting to see if there were going to be some hints of evangelical 
beliefs, but nothing really extraordinary like stuck out to me. I was entertained by how they made a shock jock palatable for a Christian audience. <laughs> yes, for Christian children specifically. Yeah, and I, I have to say, um, the show is well produced. There was some mm-hmm. clever writing yeah. putting across the idea of a shock jock character and a character who wants to be like a shock jock, like in the same vein, but in a clean way. It's like uh, the best of post haze yeah. code films where they had <laughs> sure, to get sure. around, you know, you couldn't have a man and woman together in the same bed with their feet on the bed. I did think it was crazy that they had Wit ride the Sibian. (laughs) Um. You know, I I never pictured Otis of Mayberry that way, but my uh, my mind was open. So So, uh, this first one is last in a long line. This episode lets us know a bit more about the character of, of Eugene and who he really is. It's given us some nice character grounded information. But at the beginning of this, we actually start with Bernard. And uh, Bernard Walton is a character who we actually haven't heard too much from on Wits Endless Summer so far. He becomes a, you know, recurring character in uh, Adventures in Odyssey. But uh, what are the big things, Brian, that we really ought to know about Bernard? The man cleans windows. Mm. It's it's so he always talks about how he's a janitor, but obviously like he owns his own business and he contracts out to the different uh, establishments around town. But primarily he just washes windows. Right. He's just a window guy. Which I feel like I feel like in the real world, that's a separate job than being like a janitor type person. Like you, you just have a window guy. Right. Well, it is highly specialized. He's always portrayed Uh, with a squeegee in his back pocket. The squeegee has a tendency to like get caught on things. And and as he said, I was born, born a pauper to a pawn with the squeegee in my hand. (laughs) Uh. Born on a mountain, raised in a cave. Janitorial (laughs) service is all I crave. Bernard is at the top of this episode washing windows because, again, that's what he does. Right. The, The weird thing about Adventures in Odyssey is that we almost never actually see a church. Yeah. And so this episode actually starts at church. We don't meet a pastor. Again, we very rarely ever see a pastor, but we're at church. Bernard's cleaning the windows and Eugene is helping them modernize. He's helping them get a computerized database here in 1991. Oh, yeah. This this automation project is like, what he's like creating a database of sermons or some shit. <sighs> Go back to BBS, you fucking nerd. <laughs> they're, they're also right there on the cemetery. And, uh, you know, Eugene's like, I want to go back to Wits End. He's with Bernard. And so they want to just take the shortest distance between two points. And that 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 heads right through a cemetery, which uh, Bernard, even though he's a Christian, has has some weird feelings about. Yeah. He's getting all somehow about walking through this cemetery. I just don't like cemeteries, that's all. When I was a kid, my older brother used to tell me scary stories about seeing my name carved on a tombstone. Well, that's not an unheard of practice. Many people have their headstone engraved while still living. Yeah, well, I'm not one of them. <sighs> Even the idea makes my skin crawl. I mean, how would you feel if you looked over and saw your name on one of those tombstones? Well, I... Oh, my. But what's the matter? My name. It's on one of the tombstones. Gasp. You're dead. So he sees... (laughs) He sees a tombstone that says Meltzner, and he walks over and brushes aside the flowers and finds his dad's name, Leonard Meltzner. Oh, my God. I'm I'm sorry. Gosh. Thank thank you. Yeah, we we appreciate that. Were you, (laughs) Jen? At this point, I'm sure you were just like on the edge of your seat, right? You were just like shitting your pants. Like, what's gonna happen next? Right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Can I just say that the whole time I was listening to these episodes, I just kept picturing 
Bernard basically is Reuben Kincaid from the Partridge, Partridge family because that's who he is. <laughs> Reuben Kincaid from the Partridge family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like this is I, I have to hand it to the uh, focus on the family. <laughs> um, you know, they create they know how to create a ripping yarn. I was surprised at how listenable these were. I guess mm-hmm. like the bar is kind of low for um a squeaky clean Jesus-based family entertainment. Yeah. If you were to go back and watch, a, you know, for example, a Thief in the Night. Which we have done. <laughs> powerfully inept film, uh, just made by people yep. who had just picked up a camera. Same yep. with uh, whatever, whatever those Estes Perkle movies are called, I'm forgetting. Or or whatever Kirk Cameron shits out every Christmas. Yeah. Ugh, it's- Kirk, if you ever come to my hometown, <laughs> it's on site. He actually held <laughs> he held a maskless candlelight caroling gathering in my town that I fucking live in. Are you fucking as a protest against me? masks? The forces that animate a guy like Kirk Cameron are the same forces that animate an organization like Focus on the Family, right? It's Deeply repressed homosexuality? I mean, it's not not that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit, too. But um, again, we don't see it so explicitly here. The way that this sort of uh, setup is, this is a much more like, oh, it's just like a nice little town. But what I do think is interesting is that for a show that so rarely depicts churches, we do have this whole thing where it's like, well, the church is, you know, it's just the place where the good people are. Like there's this idea that like Eugene is working with the church. And so maybe this is one more step on his way to salvation. It's like implied a little bit, you know, we cut to wit's end. And Lucy, (laughs) yeah, it's a play on words. (laughs) And Lucy is, I guess, working for the Odyssey Times now. Not the school newspaper, but the full. No, 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 it's the Epoch Times. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) right, Epoch Times. Yeah. No, she's the. uh, That was something that happened. Was she ended up becoming like a cub reporter for the adult newspaper alongside her regular editing gig at the middle school newspaper? And they're definitely not paying her, right? Like she's twelve years old. Dale Jacobs is like, look, I can fill more column space with this child. Back when you had Uh, to fill literal column inches, it's like when I was a kid and I wrote like movie reviews for my uh, hometown newspaper. And I just got paid in what, like a 25 paper. The Grand Rapids Press. You wrote movie reviews for the Grand Rapids Press. Yeah, they had a. You, I never told you about this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they had a, a feature section called um, Real Kids, R-E-E-L. Oh and, um, you know, they would give us like a, a fucking gift card to go to the movies and I think assign a movie to watch. And then I would watch it. And I'd write the review. I still have the clippings. Would you, I mean, did, would, mm-hmm. did you get free concessions at least? I think like, so. Like John D. Lukes would walk out and hand you a bucket of cotton candy I think candy that was kind whatever. of the thing, right? I think it was sort of like a booster because this is a very important piece of context <laughs> for our listeners who are not intimately familiar with the small business politics of Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> the entire movie industry, the entire movie theater industry in West Michigan is run by one guy. He's yeah. the only game in town. Hmm. I hope that one day I get to read uh, some of your work, like, for example, a uh, child's eye view of David Cronenberg's crash. Yeah. <laughs> Child Josh and his his show business career <laughs> continues to surprise well, and amaze me. Well, that does kind of tie back into Adventures and Odyssey a little bit for me, because I was reading up on some of the cast because I was wondering, I was like, are all these oh, yeah, people yeah. born again? Or is this mm-hmm. just like a work for hire gig? Uh, Eugene, Will Ryan, like he spent a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, working for Disney 
but nothing really overtly pushing like a Christian message. Like he's not like a, well, I don't want to say Butch Hartman because um, kind of, I think Butch Hartman figured out what side his bread was buttered on is like, oh, I'm going to like tone down the Jesus stuff right, and, right. you know, make um, cartoons for kids. But I just want to know if it's like a, if it was strictly a work for hire thing, if, you know, you every, you would go into the studio every day and like, you know, the because they are evangelicals. Like, I would imagine the focus on the yeah. family people were like, so any thoughts about accepting Jesus? Maybe. It, it is interesting. You know, most of the kids, of course, were just either kids of the producers themselves or someone who went to their church or something like that. I don't think any of the, the men, there are three people now uh, who have played wit. I don't think any of them were Christians. Um, and I think even those who are Christian might not have the same... Uh, let's say political predilections that they do like if you look at like chris anthony the the host of the show and and you like look at her instagram and her videos i I think that it's like yeah she's a christian but like yeah she's got a bunch of stuff about like you know love is love and like you know she definitely is down with the homosexual agenda like she's down with the clown she's a (laughs) she's a juggalo juggalo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Lucy. Um, yeah, so Lucy is working for the uh, Odyssey Times, and she doesn't even, she has to have an article, and she doesn't even have, like, a topic that she's going to write about yet. Which is amazing. I came up with an idea for my article. <sighs> article? Yeah, for the Odyssey Times. Do you have any suggestions? Well, well, why don't you write about your school? I've done that. Uh, I know. Why don't you do one of those hard-hitting investigative pieces? No. I think I've raked enough muck for a while. Who said anything about gardening? Hey, oh, I want you to expose some big corporation. Who said anything about gardening? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah, no, exactly. And there are so many like quote unquote jokes like that in here where it's like an attempt at wit or an attempt at wordplay. Uh, it, no, not quit. He won. There we go. Um, <laughs> That's what you get when you're but, dealing in when you're dealing in 100% clean comedy. Yeah, it's the Dan Ninification mm-hmm. of. Uh, <laughs> she actually ends up deciding. Then Lucy ends up deciding on doing an article about endangered endangered species. species yeah. yeah. And Jen, that that reference to investigative reporting is what we covered in our previous Wits Endless Summer. Lucy had tried to do some investigative reporting on a big evil corporation, and it turned out that she ended up doing harm for that corporation, and she had to hold space for them. She didn't know growth for not assuming yeah. that they would just act in good faith. Very unchristian. I mean, she should have yeah. asked them to accept Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eugene and Bernard are at Wits End, and they're both shaken up Bernard mostly because cemeteries just really spook him Eugene because he saw the name of his father who died uh, and so now he's talking to wit in his office do you really think that's your father's grave Eugene well, well I don't know Mr. Whitaker it hardly seems likely although my family what there is of it did come from this section of the country I I'm sure you've heard me say that I'm the last in a long line of Meltzner's. Yes, I have. I was always told that both my parents were lost on an anthropological expedition in the rainforests of Zaire in Africa. I was only seven. Classic scenario. After that, the state and the school system became my parents. So, uh, I assume his parents were missionaries or something. What were they doing in Zaire? No, because no. Eugene is not a Christian and he came from an atheist what? family. Well. Oh. So they, I guess, just were uh, anthropologists. Huh. His father was a man of science. Yeah, it's surprising that Eugene not being Christian doesn't really come up. It's just wild to me how, like, under the radar this show is with its, uh, yeah. Christ- with its Christianity. Because, like, I guess, like, living in 2022, like, 
everyone's gonna mask off. In the age of social media, nothing is subtle. So mm -hmm. the relentlessly polite tone of the show is throwing me <laughs> off a little bit. You know, it was a big project mm -hmm. by Focus mm -hmm. on the Family to be like, we're going to be Disney for Christians, which means that like, we're just going to make entertainment that has Christian values or evangelical values baked into it, but we're not always going to be dropping the J word. Because Jen, you had said you actually saw an episode of McGee and Me, right? Yeah, um, I oh, had, um, yeah. I, I didn't go to Catholic school or anything like that, thank God, but um, I did have um, <laughs> some Catholic education. I went to CCD at our local church, and uh, I remember one day they showed an episode of McGee and Me. I, it's always been burned into my brain because it's the episode where um, the kid goes to see a rated R movie, yep. you know, Night of the Bloodsucking Freaks Part 4 or something like that. Even at the time, I got like such a kick out of how they depicted this movie because the Foley just sounded like, it sounded vaguely like intestinal noises. And, you know, it's just yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> This man is watching some extremely explicit digestion footage. Right, that, that, that's an interesting episode because most of it just hinges around him being completely fucking traumatized after the fact. Yeah, he acts like he's—he acts like he just saw one lunatic, one ice pick. An yeah. episode. How about this? An episode <laughs> of Adventures in Odyssey where Jimmy Barkley watches one guy, one jar. <laughs> <laughs> Just Brian Dern with this like VHS tape. He's like, I've got this really funny thing. It's called Mr. Hands. Um, <laughs> so Eugene also talks about some of the other branches of his family because he's not only parentless, there's really like no one around. Did you know you came from such a long line of intellectuals? Mother and father often talked about it. I also recall them speaking in hushed tones about a much less intellectual vein in our family line, my maternal grandmother's people, the Mushniks. Well, Eugene has this one memory of his grandfather, right? Grandpa Meltzner, who was estranged from his his parents for some reason. And there's this one vague memory he has of them having an argument at Christmas mm -hmm. and also seeing uh, a piggy bank with a little silver dollar being put into it. And that's it. That's all he knows. That's all he can kind of go off of. So they go back to the cemetery and they see that the gravestone is manicured. It's right. taken care of. And as they go into the church, the lady that he's been helping out at the church uh, has some information for him. The upkeep on this site is paid for on a monthly basis. What? Monthly? Yes. Every four to five weeks, a check arrives from Connellsville. This one came three days ago. The GHM Fund. Connellsville Bank. By the way, that's Chris. That's the I was going to say, Chris. it's just Chris doing like a very slight accent. Which is interesting. She doesn't usually get called to play roles in the show. Uh, right. It's happened a handful of times. She's still there, you know, after 30 some years, but she's only done it every now and then, well, every few years or so. She also in this episode gets the very first line. And so for a second, mm -hmm. I thought that it was yet another one of those fucking interminable Chris sketches <laughs> yeah. where the episode starts with Chris as a character being like, what am I going to do today? And then the doorbell rings and it's some guy being like, hey, how's it going? I'm here to check your utilities. Josh, is this a porno? <laughs> I thought that the uh, soundscape of this is actually pretty extraordinary. And you heard a little bit mm -hmm. of it there. You know, yeah. you've got there's a jet that flies overhead. There's these chirping birds. There's traffic on the road. There's a sprinkler. It's good production. It's great. Um, so this. Yeah, this grave is being tended to by the GHM fund. GHM stands for Garvey. 
Hiram Meltzner, right? Eugene's grandfather. Garvey, like in, Marcus uh, Garvey. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. He went by his middle name though. He was G. Har- right. G. Hiram. Eugene though then takes this to mean that his grandfather is actually probably still alive, which is mm-hmm. for Eugene a really bizarre leap of logic for a guy who normally is very like you know grounded and rational and can connect the dots. He's immediately like, my grandpa's alive. He's out there. I got to go see him. Well, I think that it it's made clear as the show progresses a little bit, at least from what I listened to, that Eugene has a profound longing for some kind of uh, fam- familial structure. Yeah. yeah, because he's just been in the system since he was seven years old. Yeah, the state was his parents. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, Lucy's thing is going on. Who gives a shit? But <laughs> while she's talking to Bernard, he muses. You imagine being related to Eugene? <laughs> I think I'd rather pull out my fingernails with a pair of rusty pliers. That's an image that stayed damn. with me from when he I was a kid. He is so that ableist. Was... <laughs> yeah. God damn, that's, dude. That's, that's super problematic. It's very, like, it's it's really mean. For a show that's trying to play this whole polite tone, this is a rather <laughs> cruel thing. For yeah. they, they give Bernard the meanest lines, but it's I'm kind of surprised this one made it through because it's a little grotesque, especially for yeah little kids. Rusty pliers, uh, you know. Yeah, like you want to play a little game? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the tone of his voice, too. Like I like that. That's the utilities guy, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the other M. Night Shyamalan twist. Is the utility guy is actually just Jigsaw. He hates Eugene. He genuinely hates him. I mean, to be fair, like, I grew to despise (laughs) Eugene as the show went on. Me too. Uh, What can Um, you do? Tell tell me, actually, you know what, Jen? Why? Tell me a bit more about that. I'm curious to hear, like, and obviously we can talk more (laughs) about this later too, once we've had the opportunity to get into a few more Eugene episodes, but what is it about him specifically that prompts such a strong reaction to you? Well, as a lifelong nerd, it's kind of the Mm. same feeling that you get when you first walk into the convention hall Mm. and you see Mm -hmm. all the other Mm. nerds and you're like, my God, I'm one of these people. Right, right. (laughs) And you you tend to loathe that which you most loathe about yourself. Yeah. So Eugene, with his verbosity, his need for precision, which can get incredibly annoying, you know, to the total exclusion of like social niceties. Bernard actually does tell Lucy about what happened in the cemetery, which I don't know why he does, but I guess he just needs to get that emotion off his chest or whatever. So like, yeah, Lucy just was like, I was going to write it about an endangered species, but then I just found out there's so many. So fuck that. (laughs) And Bernard's like, okay, well, let me tell you something that happened to me at the cemetery. And Eugene gets a lead on where he might be able to find his grandfather. They find, he and Wit find an address, but there's no phone number listed, so they just have to go right up to the door. Right. Where they're met by some lady. Just a lady. Do we ever even find out who this lady is? No. She's just mm-hmm. some lady. Okay, cool. They don't even have her credited. I think it's just Chris again, but... Uh, the women really are find an afterthought in this show, aren't they? Yeah. For the most part, yeah. yeah. There's like a couple female characters who actually have some sort of a defined internal life, including Connie, who we'll talk about yeah. later. But other than that, yeah. And and Eugene meets his grandfather's best friend. Yeah. In big quotation marks. <laughs> I knew Hiram for more than 50 years. I know there's no way you can remember me, Eugene, but I'm Ralph Reams. I was your grandfather's best friend. Who he's been living with for decades now. That's Harry Reem's grandfather, by the way. (laughs) So let's talk about this. I was 
kind of floored to see this depiction in here because this is clearly yeah. two gay men in a long-term <laughs> relationship. 100% yeah, is. Like, like, what else could it possibly be? It's not like he's his roommate at a retirement no, community. they live in a house together. I mean, I... Yeah, we, and, and he knows Eugene from before, so they've been living together for a long time. Right. It's like we joke sometimes <laughs> about stuff on this show that's like, oh, well, it's clearly this. No, it's like these guys are gay. These are, these are two yeah. gay men who were in love with each other and lived together for a very very long time it's queer What's coded the, it's incredibly it queer coded but why why is this this blew my fucking mind brian it, it's really strange right it's really like because it doesn't condemn it have, either they don't make it look bad they you know, don't they couldn't they couldn't have contrived something like him being at a nursing home it like and he clearly has money because he has this trust fund set up for the grave and everything like that like it's not because he was some he's like living in a fucking like boarding house no or they could have put a throwaway line in there about like hey you're, you know your grandpa and i we you know we hung out every week we'd play bridge you know like i yeah something he like left that. me the house right, i don't know right right because eugene found out that his grandpa died last week right they got here and he died seven days earlier um and there's just this man who is has a very affectionate retelling of of who the man was and and how this piggy bank, the one memory that Eugene had, there was this whole argument that that his parents had had with Hiram about how their anthropological expeditions, they're CIA, they're definitely CIA. Oh, for sure. Um, they knew, they are know gonna Pete get them killed. personally. <laughs> so this, this Christmas that Eugene had had, they had had this falling out, and then many years later, of course, his parents died, but... I guess when he was a toddler, he loved playing with that piggy bank, shaking right. the silver dollar out and putting it back in. And so Hiram actually kept putting silver dollars in it throughout the rest of his life until it was completely full, thinking of that Christmas that, that Eugene spent with God, it. God, this is making me really um, sad. Yeah. It is sad. There's something honest about the writing of this. It's not just hack, you know, let's tell a drama story. This is a writer who clearly cares about the characters and wants to develop them in some way. Yeah, it's right. confounding. And this is a uh, this is not a Paul McCusker episode, though. This is a Phil no, Waller episode. All four of these episodes, maybe Phil is like the Eugene guy, but mm. all four of these episodes were written by Phil Lawler. And Bob Luttrell in this one, their, their sound engineer, he's the one playing the, the uh, old boyfriend of oh, okay. Eugene's grandfather. So Lucy has written her article about the most endangered species of all. Eugene Meltzner. <laughs> Does this mean we shouldn't be concerned with animals around the world who face extinction? Of course not. Nah. But in our rush to save the Siberian tiger, the black-footed <clears throat> ferret, and the fork-marked mouse lemur, we've forgotten about another, and in many ways a more important kind of endangered species. Family heritage. What? Eugene Meltzner's of the world. <laughs> what? last in a long line. That's the kind of species we Focus should all want to protect on and preserve. the family. We gotta... <laughs> Uh, so you they hear that, play this Goodall? game with you hear that <laughs> yeah, all this seriously. time you were gallivanting with chimpanzees when you could have been yeah, having man. babies the interesting thing that they do with lucy is they always show how her profession always starts to lead her in the direction of becoming a lib and they always show her getting pulled back from that so whether it's trying to take on a corporation that is poisoning people or in this case trying to conserve various endangered species it's always like no 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 here's something more important you you, you got to look at that and you got to stop stop doing this lib shit yeah they're re they're uh resisting the lisa simpsonification 
of Lucy yes. and they're making a very, cause remember yeah. like 91, 92, this is when the Simpsons was still quite controversial. Yeah. And, and of course, Dan Quayle had his whole beef with them and with Murphy Brown and potatoes. Uh, it, it is. It, yes. I think the interesting <laughs> thing Sid about Meyer. this though, <laughs> is that it does, this is it tipping its hand a little bit again. Mm-hmm. Like Jen earlier, you said these episodes are not particularly explicit about the message. And this is not the case with all Adventures in Odyssey mm-hmm. episodes, by the way. Some of them are just straight up propaganda. This one, on the other hand, has this bizarre B-plot that goes basically nowhere. It only really exists to say what it's exactly? Like what is the if point you care of this? about endangered species, that's actually just a joke and you should stop being a fucking well, I, clown. I guess it's, it's kind right. of shoring up the A-plot, which is... Uh, Eugene's search for his roots. Um, yeah. So it's like you have like right. a, a uppercase A plot and a lowercase A plot. Right, right. Where it's just sort of um, a comment on the first plot rather than really being a plot for itself. Yeah, this is revolutionary writing. I, t- I got to tell you. So <laughs> Eugene starts to talk about the other branches of his family with everyone else around. Well, maybe you should look into your mother's side of the family. Hmm. You mean the Kronholms and the Mushniks? <laughs> Mushnik? Uh, my grandmother's maiden name, Mushnik. <laughs> Uh, how about that? You know, I have a second, no, no, third cousin whose maiden name was Mushnik. Yeah, Martha was her first name. Your third cousin oh. was named Martha Mushnik? Is there an echo oh. here? Well, what's the matter, Eugene? Well, w- when researching my genealogy, I recall coming across a great aunt named Martha Mushnik. Are you doing me? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Oh. I, I know what you're thinking, and it's not possible. <laughs> I don't know. You two do resemble each other. We do not. <laughs> Cousin Bernard? Now, you see what you've done? Yeah, they're related. The the uh, the odd couple themselves. That, That's also the classic, like, John Avery Whitaker dick oh, laugh. Is. Yeah, it's like it's, he pulls that laugh out when he's just being it a is, fucking it's asshole. Purely, it belongs entirely to Hal Smith's wit. This yeah. does not happen with the later wits, it's just Hal taking delight in other people's misery emblematic of uh, white christian male smugness yes it's so funny that uh bernard's reaction is just like i do not have any of that disgusting autistic dna in my family <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is man like bernard fix your heart or die that's I'm right my man it's true I-, I can't believe i'm saying it but as um squeaky clean family entertainment goes i was very surprised because i have to admit i put off listening to any adventures in odyssey (laughs) until this morning when i went to walk my dog that's usually when i listen to podcasts did you just mainline all of these right in a row wow oh that's the way to do it that's Uh, well you know i was truly compelled by the lives of these characters so Uh you know i they're rich in our lives I snorted them right up uh, the way Jesus intended. But I was surprised that it wasn't like a chore to listen Mm -hmm. to these. I mean, if you are the kind of person who likes, uh, you know, slightly grittier entertainment, this, you know, you're not going to want to live on a diet of this. But it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a story that's reasonably well structured and uh, the character's uh, thoughts and actions like drive the story forward and then it wraps up neatly the way it should be um and sometimes it will hint at something new that may happen in a future episode so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and i also think that some of these writers they grew into it right as because well. they were like, writing so much i mean this is a yeah they got the reps we're, we're more than 150 <laughs> episodes in and it's only been about three or four years that it's been on the air at this point aren't there like 
close to a thousand episodes of this yeah, show. Yeah, they're by getting now. very, yeah. very close to a thousand uh, right Amazing. at the moment. Yeah, as a kid, it was the perfect time waster, right? If you were going to go on a long drive, you just pop in a few <laughs> tapes, and then next thing yep. you know, you're at the end of the line. Oh yeah, in this would have been tapes, uh, like cassette yep, yep, tapes. Yep. <laughs> You, you could buy these tapes from Focus on the Family. They came in packs of six cassettes, so 12 episodes a piece. And, you know, I just remember going on road trips with my family. We just have stacks mm-hmm. of these fucking, you know, boxes of tapes. Pacify kids, you know? Nice. And give a little something for the parents, too. At the end of the day, it's about focusing on the family. That's right. So many Hey there, you have just finished your preview of a premium episode. If you would like to listen to the rest of this or our 17 other premium episodes or our recent bonus episode about the insane right-wing propaganda film Whose Children Are They? Head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash worst of all. If you like what you're hearing with our guest as well, go check out Have You Seen This? And they have a Patreon as well. Everything is linked in the description to this episode. Either way, we'll see you again next week.